Hey there, Prayer Warriors. Mark here. Just so it's awesome to be with you just this amazing morning. Um, let's just go to God in prayer just for a second and um, just give him thanks. Uh, dear Lord, we are just here to glorify your name. You give us so much. You share so much with us. You've shared your son with us. Let us just delve into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Um, hey, we're in the book of Acts, and we're taking a look at all these prayer warriors in the book of Acts, and it's just absolutely amazing. We've seen Peter in chapter 10 um, meeting. He'd come out of Joppa, and, and he'd raised a couple of people from the dead and healed others, and he's, he's up uh, down talking with Cornelius and his family and friends, and Cornelius is really kind of one of the first Gentiles that has been saved, and, and that's kind of a struggle for the Jews at the time because the Jewish Christians um, said, oh no, this is only for the Jews. And so Peter goes back up to Jerusalem and what happens to Peter? His friends are going, you're hanging out with the unclean. And Peter's going, stop, stop. This is the vision that God gave me that we go into the Jews' and the Gentiles. We can eat with them. They are not, you know, any different than we are. They're not unclean. They are not called common. And so really, um, Peter is convincing his brothers and sisters back up in Jerusalem that, hey, we need to go out and witness and, and accept and pull the Gentile Christians, you know, in with us. And, and there was a telling verse there in 1118 um, about their reaction after he shared that vision with them. And they said, it says, when they heard these things, they became silent. I mean, it's like almost shocking. And they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance of life, just like they did them. It's that repentance of life. And just praise God that he has opened all of that. And he talked to Peter about that. And Peter shared it with his brothers and sisters up in Jerusalem. So anyway, as we continue, so Peter's now in uh, back up in Jerusalem with his brothers and sisters, and they're sharing God's word. But remember, Herod who is over the, you know, the region, um, and the Jews, they're getting a little unnerved, and um, they have stoned Stephen, and Stephen, um, the, the Christians are now getting a little antsy, and so what they're doing is they're moving away. They're fleeing this persecution that they're seeing in Jerusalem, and they're going up to, to Antioch, which is currently up in, in Turkey. They're going to um, Phoenicia, which is along where uh, Lebanon is these days, all the way over to Cyrene and Cyprus, North Africa, and the islands out there in the Mediterranean Sea. So they're fleeing this persecution. And other Jews are staying. Other Christians are staying. Peter and his friends are staying. Peter and the church in Jerusalem are staying. And we pick it up here in, in chapter 12, 
Peter is there, and it starts there in 12 verse 1. It said, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. So remember, you know, Herod is not in a great location. You know, he's feeling pretty threatened, um, and he wants to, to, to erase any doubters in his kingship. Um, what happened in verse 2? Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So he killed James, the brother of John. And this is, remember the sons of thunder from the Galilee. This is the James he's talking about. He kills him. Just as he did John the Baptist, just as he, you know, encouraged the Jews to, to kill the Christians. And because he, Herod, saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter. So now Peter, who's kind of head of the Jerusalem church, um, he's been seized and he gets thrown in jail. And this was also during the days of unleavened bread. So when he apprehended him, he sent him to prison and he's got him all guarded up. He's got him in chains, um, but he wants, them to bring, wants to bring Peter before the people before Passover because there's significance in that Passover time. And remember back in prior to Exodus, this is when the angel of death um, passed over all of the Jews and the Jewish babies in Egypt. So they continue to celebrate that. But he wants to bring him and put him to death, hand him over to the Jews so they can stone him. Well, Peter was kept in prison, and we take a look at verse 5, the significance of verse 5, and we're going to take a look at it in a couple of places, 5 and 12, verse 12 here in, in the chapter. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. His church is praying for him constantly around the clock with every waking moment. They've got people praying for Peter who's in chains, guarded by four squads of soldiers in this dark dungeon of a prison there in Jerusalem, awaiting his death. And they're praying for him. And they know that he is going to be executed. But they're praying for him, which is so exciting. And so Herod's about ready to bring him out there just before Peter. And what happens? Um, if you skip down to, to verse 7, it says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by Peter, and a light shone in the prison. And the, so the angel now has to wake Peter up, kind of get him out of this deep sleep. And he's saying, Hey, Pete, get up, get up says, arise quickly, and suddenly Peter's chains fall off. And the angel says, you know, get dressed. We're taking off out of here. Put on your shoes. Put on your sandals. We're going to get out of here. And says, follow me. And so they went out, and here's Peter following him through. And, and Peter really didn't know what was going on. He's still in kind of a deep sleep and thinking he was seeing something. He, you know, it was another vision or something. Um, but they went past both of the guard posts, and went down the street, and the angel left. And so Peter's out there in the streets of Jerusalem going, what do I do? So he says, I'm going to the church. I'm going to the house where we've got this church service going on. So he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, um, and they were all gathered together. And what were they doing gathered together that evening? They were praying. 
right there in verse 12. So they've continually prayed and they're praying for the church and they're praying for Peter. And Peter knocks on the door. Rhoda comes, comes to the door. She recognizes the voice, takes off, tells everybody they're going, ah, oh, no, 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 no. You know, that's just a vision. Oh, and by now he may have been executed. They, they don't know. And they said, oh, it's his spirit. Well, finally they open the door and he says, oh, what's going on? And they said, oh, praise God. We've got to go tell James. And so James, this is another James. This is the half-brother of Jesus. So don't be confused. We've got James who was executed in the very beginning, sons of thunder from the Galilee. And then we've got James, the half-brother of Jesus in this. And, and so it takes a little bit of just, you know, clarification there. But what did they do the entire time? They were praying. They were praying, and so I just ask you today, you know, what are you praying for? Are you praying for something on in your own individual quiet time, in a small group, in a Bible study, in, in a 24 hours of prayer? What are you praying for? Are you being specific, or is it just give glory to God and your prayer in general? That's okay. I just ask, though, this week that you pray for the salvation of others. I think we're in end times. No idea when end times really kind of ends, but I always consider that after Jesus arose and went to heaven, we're in those end times. And uh, I think that we see it a little bit more and maybe with a little more clarity these days and more discussion. Pray for those things. Pray for our community. Pray for our, com our, our families. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their hurt. Pray that they come back to God so that we're glorifying God collectively. And what's my favorite verse? 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing this week. Just praise God. Hope you've learned a little bit here. Have a great week.